What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. Hi, my name is Tom Nguyen. I am a managing partner at Key Partners. I've been a commercial real estate broker for about 22 years. Commercial real estate investment broker, investor myself, and also a developer. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all of Thanks, Tom. Um, congratulations on the recent uh, VNARP um, recognition awards um, to the highest producing Vietnamese real estate salesperson here in the U.S. This is a huge distinction, um, and it's important to recognize this. Uh, and I you know, wanted to invite you on for, for years now because we've known each other since the mid-90s, actually. Yeah, and yeah. To watch since college days, right? College yeah. days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely since yeah. college days. And to see you climb this way, you know, I've tracked your progress throughout the years and we have a lot of mutual friends. So this is a big, uh, to yeah. really to beat out all the Vietnamese brokers and, and agents <laughs> in, in the United States, that's a huge deal. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that. You know, there are thousands of brokers and, and agents in our community, in our Vietnamese mm -hmm. community. What kind of things about you had allowed you to, to get this far? Well, I think, I think we have to differentiate between residential and commercial. Um, because there's the majority of people in real estate are in residential real estate and they're just totally different animals. I think the skill set in commercial is, is very broad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney by trade, you know, I'm, I'm a licensed attorney that definitely helps residential. There's, it's, it's very simple, right? You can, you can buy a house, you can fix it up. And you can add value that way. But in commercial, there's so many myriad of tools that you can use to add value to a commercial property. So uh, if you're able to identify certain opportunities and uh, employ uh, a lot of these different techniques to add value to commercial real estate, then you can become successful. And that's that's kind of the, the key key to it. What kind of added value things are we looking at? I mean, I don't want you to do a secret sauce, but what, no, 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 no. what are the few things that you look for? I think in commercial real estate is very unique. Um, and I just want to go back on that. There's a lot of Vietnamese people or Asians in residential real estate. There's very little of us in commercial real estate. Mm. I mean, I could probably count them on one hand, uh, especially Vietnamese. Um, so, um, I'm I'm not sure what the reason for that is, but um I, I think is uh I think is one is lack of exposure. You know, I think people just don't understand. I mean, you you go to uh your local grocery store, you know, you go to Albertsons or you go to Whole Foods, and you just don't know that 
those centers that you're going into are actually bought and sold like quite often. Oh, really? um, and um and brokers like myself trade them for large investors and and sellers. Um and that that Whole Foods probably used to be occupied by a Kmart or as a vacant um you know Macy's or something like that. You know, somebody somebody some broker bought that property with a vacancy and brought Whole Foods in and increase the value by so much. So that, that's an example of a tool you could use. Um, you know, uh, I think in commercial real estate, the 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 concept of one's person one person's uh trash is another person's treasure is really true in commercial real estate. Uh because um you can rezone the property. And you know it can it can be an office building. Right now the office market is getting trashed yeah. because of COVID. Uh, so we're looking at office buildings for the land value. Uh, but if you can change that office building on land and convert it to residential, you know, um, just by the stroke of a pen, by city approval, getting entitlements, the property goes up by that that much without putting any sticks in the ground mm. yet, you know. And once you build it, of course, it, it goes up more. But um, the those are the type of tools that you can use if 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 you know if you know the cities where the cities are leaning towards what can get approved or if you have a tenant in tow um like a like a whole foods or like a chick-fil-a or something like that then you can really add value to 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 property uh and it's not it's it's, uh, it's still inefficient you know uh, so that's where you can you can um play in in a market that's not efficient like the stock market's efficient if if you bought a stock and you know what it's trading at? You can sell it or buy it right then and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in commercial real estate, things move slower. There's a lot of laws and 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 the 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 there's a lot of tenants involved. So to navigate it, uh, you can you you can add value in 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 many ways because the markets are not they're still not efficient. It, it, in in the residential market, is pretty efficient. Right, right. You know, there's comps and things like that, but. You know how how do you value an empty office building? You know, um, you know most that's that's someone's someone's trying to get out of that because they're playing they're paying mortgage and they don't have any income. Someone's trying to get out of that, but someone's trying to get into that to convert it to something else. So that's that's kind of uh, yeah, the, and that's probably why we don't see a whole lot of Vietnamese people in the commercial real estate game because of that sort of uh, complexity and and the weight uh, the weighting that's involved and. You really need to have a creative side to your brain to reimagine how it could be reused uh, in an, in another uh, situation, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. It's it's uh it's not impossible, but I, I think it's uh the barriers to entry are a little higher than yeah. than than residential. Um, but it's you know I I want to get more Asians involved you know I, I especially Vietnamese. Um, why why do you want to get more Asians and Vietnamese involved? What what does that do for the overall environment ecosystem of the real estate game? It's just kind of a a, a pride thing. I think the commercial real estate industry um, is one of the last industries that is still really dominated by white Caucasian males. I mean, literally, if you go to a CBRE uh, office or you, you go to like a Cushman and Wakefield office, these are big commercial real estate firms. 
they're all they're all older white men and 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 younger you know their and their their nieces their i mean their nephews that come in and 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 get into the industry it's, it's really like a you know uh, yeah, it's 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 really kind of a boys' club, you know. Yeah. A, 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 you know, so I, I I want more diversity, and um, there's very sophisticated Vietnamese and Asians out there that can do this kind of work, um, especially uh, at least on the investment side, you know, or develop like even even develop even the development business. There's there's not a lot of Asians in it, um, so. Um, you know, if 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 you're not going to come in on the transactional side, at least come in and and invest in commercial real estate. Uh, you know, uh, with with someone like me or 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 you know a a a larger firm or 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 or, or something like that. But uh, okay, well, let let me ask you this, uh, Tom. The commercial real estate. This is just me. I'm a layman. I don't. You know, this is not my sure. my world. But when I drive down these main boulevards, like. Uh, in Pasadena, Beverly Hills, or in Orange County, uh, some places, there yeah. are so many for lease signs that I'm seeing yeah. as a result of who knows. But I'm guessing that mm-hmm. uh, the economy of Amazon and all of these online retailers are really killing the retail space and the retail commercial spaces. Um, that's just a guess from a layman's perspective. Um so I want to really get into this because I'm curious about how it affects your life, how it affects the future of mom and pop businesses that we used to depend so much as the engine of economic activity here in the United States. All of it is being wiped out by these massive corporations like Amazon. Uh, and now it's, it's, you know, it's really disintegrated the, the, the landscape. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, it's weird because the commercial real estate industry uh, has transformed a lot in the last five years, even right. So, it, like even like five years ago, industrial properties were like okay, maybe like eight years ago, industrial properties were like the worst properties there there were. So they're like the lowest cost. They're in like the worst areas. Um, you know, they, um, they're just basically warehouses and, and stuff like that. So commercial real estate investors kind of, you know, uh, never thought about purchasing those warehouses in industrial space. Uh, they were only purchased for people who like had businesses, you know, they, they weren't purchased for investments. Right. Um, but now the industrial market, industrial buildings are basically the best product out there because of Amazon. And there's two things because of Amazon and because of COVID, right? So um, so Amazon basically came along and started buying up all these warehouses because they need to basically distribute. If you're doing e-commerce, you don't have a, a storefront, you need to get your goods into a warehouse and ship them so it's all these distribution warehouses that they need and the more the more they want to get it quicker to you the closer the warehouses have to be to your home so they're not out in the san Bernardino anymore they're right they're right here because they want to get the last mile delivery they want to deliver it to you in like 15 minutes eventually so the warehouse the storage has to be very close so all the industrial properties just shot up. Wow. You know, they're like 3x what 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 they used to be. It's it's, it's crazy. Uh so 
And then on the reverse side, off the office market used to be the top of yeah. top of the industry. I mean, th- those buildings in San Francisco, those high-rise buildings in San Francisco were, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff occupied had the highest rents in the country. Now they're like ghost towns. Okay. Um, so so and COVID also caused a a huge huge uh, logistics problem with uh because uh you know retailers and 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 e-commerce uh were so dependent on foreign uh foreign um goods from china and, and things like that so covid when china shut down we had a huge su- supply chain issue so you notice that target didn't have anything on under their shelves and stuff yeah. like that There's, like people had a problem getting goods so what's the result of that you, you need more warehousing, more storage, because they want to store everything. Let, let, let's say they ship everything over here. They, they'll, they'll ship excess over here and store it here so, so they don't rely on foreign shipments because of COVID. So now that even that even increases the warehousing uh, issue. Uh, so now the where I mean you own a warehouse, you're 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 uh you're golden. I I I know I, I know uh uh, one of my friends, for instance, had a uh, had a you know uh, they manufactured like paintball, right? Paintball supplies, and his business wasn't doing so well. But um, luckily, he bought a warehouse to to do his business in, um, like six years ago, and he bought it with an SBA loan at ten percent down or something. He bought it. I think he bought it for like. 1.2 million back then um with 10% down so you talk about like $120,000 you know uh his business wasn't doing so well so he decided to sell he shut down the business tried to sell off his assets and he sold that building for 8 million dollars so so you, basically he put 120,000 down and he turned it into like a 7 and a half million dollar game <laughs> Right, that, that is insane, the, 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 the numbers are just like, you know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you know, because of leverage too. The the, the beauty of commercial yeah. real estate is you have leverage, uh, because uh, you know you you can use a lender's money to buy something and it probably goes up. It, but that, yeah, but that's like pure luck, though. I mean, that's like timing in the world uh, with COVID yeah. and Amazon coming. You can't plan for something like that, right? In yeah. in life. Yep. Yep. There is pure luck in that. That's the case of pure luck, but the majority of commercial real estate is not luck. I, you know, it's, it's even, uh, I'll just give you an example. One of my uh, clients uh, owns a, uh, a piece of land on Bristol and uh, right across from Santa Ana College. And uh, he called me one day and said, hey, I have this piece of land. It's been sitting there for a while. What should I do with it? You know, um, and I, you know, I analyzed it and I said, well, you know, it's right across from the college. Bristol is a big street. You know, um, I checked the zoning. I, I think you can put a drive through restaurant there, you know. And um, so I called up Chick-fil-A. I called up Raising Cane and I presented them the deal. It was a little bit too small for Chick-fil-A, but Raising Cane took the deal. They're going to they're gonna do a ground lease where Raising Cane would basically build their building and they're just going to lease the land. Right. So, uh, so the, the landowner basically 
because of Raisin Cane, that property's gone up three times. He has a the he he has he puts no money into construction because Raisin Cane's gonna build it and they're gonna just lease the land uh for the next 30 years and he's gonna have residual income for it. I mean, that's that's just that's 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 just a, and that's not luck. I mean, it, it is luck that he owns the property, but it's not it's not luck because we're adding value to the property. But, but, but see, that shows that you need to bring in somebody like you to kind of have that expertise, that creativity, and the book of accounts, the book of contacts to make a call to a Chick Fil A or a Raisin Cane, right? Yeah. So that's some a really some high level way of thinking of selling something because you're repurposing it you're establishing a, a, a different use for it yeah 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 and that's that's the big thing about commercial real estate you can change uses or add uses or add tenants or you know there's just just so many different things so, uh, you know we we just purchased the uh, los cap sports club and we purchased it honestly to to build hundreds of units on it but in the meantime, we 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 discovered pickleball. You know, so so Los Cav is a, is a tennis club. There's we have there's it's one of the largest tennis clubs out there. Um, but this whole pickleball phenomenon phenomenon, we converted uh, a, a good number of courts to thirty nine pickleball courts. So now the largest pickleball arena in in Southern California, and we signed up over fifteen hundred monthly pickleball players in two months <laughs> it's freaking out i didn't even know pickleball existed until we purchased uh the los cow sports club it's just it's, it's insane it's insane it's insane so yeah yeah but uh yeah you should come out and play with this is i had to start picking it up it's, it's really addictive it's so fine, I, yeah. I can see why yeah i can see yeah. why but but who comes up with that idea? Is it you, your team? I mean, who had that idea to convert into a pickleball club? When we purchased the club and we took over operations, um, I think it just people were telling us that you guys should convert. You know, people tell people tell you, and you like you kind of you kind of research it, and you say, you know, we gotta we we gotta ride the wave. You know? Yeah. But then, how do you know that there is? a calculus behind the signups, right? How do you figure that out that, you know, we get X amount of registrations, you know, and then you get 1500 and then now it's like a thing. It's like now a real business model. How did you, yeah, yeah. how do you figure that out? You know, uh, I don't think we ever expected to get 1500 members in two months. We, I thought we were going to get like maybe 200 members, you yeah. know, um, but um it was relatively low cost to uh, to convert, um, and then uh, we uh, we att we attracted the PPA tour here, which is kind of like the Wimbledon of pickleball as a professional tour, and they actually converted half our course for us <laughs> at their cost because they don't have a, a venue big enough to house their tournament, so they actually have to to create venues, you know, um, so. You know that 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 was this. This is just all very fortunate, you know. And we also converted one of the basketball courts uh, to a wedding and banquet facility, and and you know, VNARP had their their gala there, and we have weddings there all the time. So you know, basketball courts have super high ceilings, yeah. and then there was an outdoor volleyball court that we converted to a, a wedding kind of ceremony space. So, of uh, you know, the 
the, the, the sports club is getting to a point where we might not even develop it, you know, because we maybe it's better as a, as a sports club, you know. It's, uh, so you, you're you're talking about a lot of wins and a lot of wins that seem like it's lucky, but it's not. There's there's hands and there's thoughts behind minds behind the conversion of these uh, yeah. properties. But yeah. there's got to be some times where you miscalculated in your last 10, 15 years in your career. Can you talk oh, yeah. a little bit about that? Like some big oh, losses? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a huge loss like three years ago where, um, you know, we we bought a, a, a piece of land, uh, a large piece of land, almost 100 acres, a really prime location. Um, and uh, we were a little bit aggressive in terms of, you know, land is hard to acquire uh, because it's a. Uh, it's hard to finance because there's no income on it. Uh, so uh, usually the the seller carries, uh, you know, uh, the seller gives you a loan. So you 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 know, um, um, we were very unlucky with that because uh, the um, the Indian tribes, you know. Uh, you know, we were we went out to do a big industrial development. We would have made a ton of money on it because industrial was, was just starting to happen. Um, but this is probably the worst deal I've ever been in. Um, but uh, the Indian tribes next door, the Pachanga tribe and the Sodoba tribe, basically said that we have artifacts on our land. And they sued saying you do not, you cannot develop. This is right on the freeway too. It's like, it's like prime real estate. You cannot develop on that land. And they hired like the biggest law firm in, um, um, in the country to, to basically tell us that we cannot develop on, on that land because of some artifacts. And they couldn't even, they won't even provide proof of the artifacts. They won't even let us touch the touch our own land that we bought we bought to dig it up wow to even study yeah it's it's uh you know and, and, so and why don't you why wouldn't you go to court uh to fight that we did eventually go to court to fight it and the city was actually helping us um but you can't afford to fight for too long in litigation so uh we ended up giving it back to the seller you know, and we took a pretty significant loss uh, because it's just eventually that property is probably going to get developed because the city's going to fight and they're probably going to win. You know, whatnot. But uh, who can who can who can outlast? You know, uh, you Indian know, the, casino money. Those are deep pockets. You know, and and they can outlast you on any 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 fight. And you just you're just draining cash the whole time. So I mean that that was that you know. So the losses are there. You know, but I think that you know we've, we've I've I've learned from uh from certain mistakes. And over the years, uh, we've we uh we we definitely uh have seen all the red flags. I I, I believe there there is. You know, so no, no. Uh, with with the hopefully that doesn't repeat itself. With the sellers of that property, you couldn't be like uh, suing them because they didn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, we did sue them. We did sue them because they yeah. had to know, right? Yeah, but it's hard to prove if they do. Mm. If they never developed it, they 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 held it. They they had it in their family for sixty years, and they they they've never developed it. So, you know, they're That's just a saying, red flag, hey, "No, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, it's 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 kind of in a, a growth area. So there's a lot of vacant area uh, land in that area. So it's not like in the middle of Orange County or anything like that. But um, yeah. So that's the last deal I do at Alspers. I, I the the only deals I I would do now are in dense infill areas where there has been development in the past and things like that. So I, that's the last time I I I I touched something like that again. But it was very tempting because the, the basis was so low. So, uh, got it. Got it. So you, uh, had just come off a few weeks ago with this, uh, huge event, the uh, VNARP, which yeah. is a big real estate, uh, dinner that recognize, um, all of the high, the, um, high producing, um, people in your, your real estate industry. Can you tell me a little bit about the significance and the, the history of VNARP and, and why it was so, um, pronounced in the community in here in Orange County? Um, I just learned about VNR probably six months ago, um, and they invited me to be on the board. Um, but um, from what I've known, they're, um, you know, they're very well organized. Uh, uh, you know, the, the the people that started it um, are pretty big players in, in, in the residential side, at least. Um, I think they they they're the owners of like uh, franchises that that have like six hundred residential agents, you know, Keller Williams offices and things like that. Um, so um, you know, it's it's a very well organized, very uh, very ambitious group uh, that um, they um, their mission is to bring everybody together, um, especially the, the the real estate industry in the in the Vietnamese is so large, especially on the residential. I mean, yeah. there's everyone is a residential agent, and it, it's really good to have a group that uh, that brings everybody together and and educates and networks because a lot of people are, lo are looking to learn from others. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to learn about commercial real estate, so I think that's a big reason why they invited me on because everybody wants to learn, at least learn about commercial real estate because all they know is, is residential. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a, a big benefit of having a group like that because you can learn from, from others and people entering the, the business can learn from seniors uh, and you can also network. Um, and they, they kind of brought up, their 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 standards are really high in terms of their productions and their their gala is huge. I mean, they they spent a lot of money on it. Uh, they had really good entertainment, really good good food, um, and um, yeah, I think I, I think it's a it's a really good uh, thing for uh, the real estate market. Uh, uh, the VNR. Yeah, it, it's such a a blessing to see that uh, powerful group um, in our community. And happening here in the state of California, because I, I think those guys are from the, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, yeah, and they yeah, do big deals yeah. up there to bring all that energy down here to Southern California and unite the, the Vietnamese real estate community is a very powerful uh, thing. And, you know, yeah. we are all at the start of, of these um, these massive um, uh, movements to 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 work together. Uh, and that's not yeah. something that has been traditionally done in the Vietnamese community due to trauma. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Scarcity, all of that. We want to yonge. We want to hide what we know and we don't want to share to, to, 
to 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 push other people and uplift every and we're, so we I think second generation we're we're still getting rid of those like uh, mm-hmm. bugs in our community, but I think yeah. it's it's starting to show more in terms of like working together like other communities like the Korean and Taiwanese communities uh, that that exist in powerful ways. Yeah, I, you know, people like yourself and and that are bringing people together, exposing other Vietnamese people um and uh vnr um but you know in in my industry for for instance i represent a lot of chinese a lot of uh institutional money and a lot of funds where people put their money together because you can't do commercial real estate on your own i mean this these, these deals are massive right you know i, I just closed a 76 and a half million dollar deal where raytheon is 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 the the tenant you know <laughs> um um and uh I, anyways, the, the buyer of that deal is is uh, Doctor Doctor Shu. She she owns Diamond Jamboree in Irvine. Oh wow! Um, but I told her, uh, you know, after we closed that deal, I told her, uh, you know, you you know, you made it when you're a Taiwanese immigrant, and somehow you buy a property, and a U.S. government defense contractor is paying you rent. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you know, you made it. Yeah. It's just saying. It's insane. Uh, but um, yeah, so she didn't get that. I mean, these these big groups have not, these big investors have not always bought these these size deals. They started off much smaller. But what they do is they pool together and pool family money, friends money. Um, the Vietnamese have not really done that because I don't, I, I represent some Vietnamese clients. They're not as large, but they're more individuals. Um, and, um, what, what I want to do is bring, you know, this, you know, the other groups have started REITs, they started funds, uh, to acquire commercial real estate or to co uh, you know, to, to do bigger things together. But, you know, the, you know, I, I, I want to change that, you know, we, we, we need to change that we need to get together and, to leverage. And, and, and leverage and, 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 you know, you know, you know, you have a lot more yeah, a lot more capital uh, working together than alone. You know. Okay, let, let, let's just right. Yeah. Let's just get right to the point. Then let's yeah. just get right to this. Why this is not happening? Let's just let's just get yeah. to it. Why can other communities do it, and why can't we do it? Why? Because the know-how is definitely there. The money is yeah. definitely there. All of it's there. And we yeah, have yeah. everything that the other communities have. But what don't we have that is holding us back from these deals? Why can't we get together? I I, I personally think is uh, because Vietnam we came we all came from a war, right? And in the whole history of Vietnam, there's been Vietnam has been attacked by everybody, right? Every country has been the, there's been the 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 French, you know, the the Chinese, the Japanese, and then you know, uh, it's it's just been, it's been a war torn country, and you know the, the the when 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 we all left there. Um, you know, we're very untrusting of 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 others, of of each other, of the government, of 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 everything. Um, so it's more is is more protectionism than anything. I think I think at least for the first 30, 40 years here, uh, I think everyone is just you know trying to survive and 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 they're you know they compete against each other versus you know grouping together you know I, but i think it comes from the, the the culture of 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 always trying to trying to uh 
fight a war or survive, you know, but I think it's been so long since, since that's, you know, I think it's, I think we're at a point where we're, 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 we're going to break out of that protection zone that, that we've been stuck in yeah. for so long, you know, and, and if, uh, you, but, if, yeah. if you go deeper with that whole analogy, it's like, when we were, our parents, our grandparents were fighting on the French side against yeah. the other side of it, Min, you had to play both sides, right? Yeah. There's constantly yeah. this like, well, yeah. are you Vietnamese or are you playing on the French team, right? So yeah. there's this yeah. constant yeah. like trust issue. And then you go into the U.S. war. You're, you're, yeah. US same and, thing. Your same brother thing. could be on that side or you're, you right. know, it's the same thing. It's like a and, civil war, right? And you're always protecting your 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 family secrets um, yeah. because you didn't yeah. want the Viet Cong to kind of know your family secrets. So everything was always very protected and and, yeah. and, and information didn't flow. So that was bled into our, our generation, oh, yeah. second generation. So that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're, 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 we're not trusting of each other. You know, we... We don't, uh, when it comes to money, it's like, oh, I'm going to give somebody else my money so that they can make more money. I'm not going to do that. But you know what? That's how money is made. You know, that's that's how wealth is created, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I, I think I, I, hopefully we can break break out of that very soon with with uh, more education. You know, the, the American system is 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 very safe. You know, I mean, there's, there's there, people can see each other and, you know, it's not, it's not like the wild, wild west. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good place to, uh, to, to do business, you know? Um, and that's why everyone comes here to do business is, is there's, there's, there's a lot of protection out there uh, in, 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 in the American system. This episode is brought to you by Songkai Distillery, my only go-to gin company. Established in 2018, Sumkai Distillery is Vietnam's first gin distillery founded by Daniel Nguyen, a Vietnamese American from Southern California. No matter how many people I have at my parties, we are always pouring Sumkai gin. Sumkai gin is handcrafted in small batches and prioritizes using botanicals and ingredients that are native and heirloom to Vietnam. The result is a product uniquely Vietnamese in taste and aroma. Somkai is now growing to include rice wine and traditional Vietnamese herbal liqueurs similar to Amaro. Somkai prides itself in Vietnam from the farmers who grow the fruits and herbs to the artists behind the artwork and design. Somkai is a community effort of people who are proud to be Vietnamese and collectively embody the spirit of Vietnam. Now, are you working towards bringing uh, groups of money together in our community? And if you are working on that, how is it going? Yeah, um, you know, I've been a I've been a broker for twenty two years, but in the last, you know, six years, I've been kind of specializing on land deals. So I've been selling land to uh, home builders like Lennar, KB Homes uh toll brothers things like that um and uh those 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 are not those are publicly traded companies and they're basically their business is to build homes if they don't build homes or they can't find land to build homes and their stock goes down so they're ravenous they these guys these guys are hungry and they have they have they're publicly traded so they have they have capital markets so they have a lot of capital um so i've been selling uh land to them so i know exactly what they'll pay for it 
you know. Um, and so when I find a property like, for instance, like Los Cabos, a 12 acre site, you know, when that when when I when I when I found that deal, I could have easily you know brought it to Lennar or or something like that. But instead, I I I teamed up with uh, a company called Keystone. Uh, is, is, is a company that's run by David Wynn, Vietnamese home builder. It's probably, he's probably the largest Vietnamese home builder there is. I think they've done like 30 projects, a lot in Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, uh, Buena Park. Um, I actually bought one of his homes uh, He in Huntington Beach. He built these, these 17, 5,000 square foot homes in, in the Huntington Beach. They're beautiful. So uh, his his quality is up to the level of the home builders. So instead of selling it to um, to Lennar, I basically partnered up with with Keystone, and we purchased it uh, because he he's a developer, and you know, um, and um, so that partnership has kind of turned into a new company called Key Partners, where um, we're we're you know. We're looking for. We have we have two business lines. One is kind of what I do is to buy commercial real estate income property for cash flow, the existing income property like shopping centers and and things like that, and add value to them either through repositioning or rezoning or adding mixed use components to it. Or uh, the second business line is what kind of he does is acquiring land or or properties that we tear down and build homes on it so you know um when when you when, when you buy land uh and tear down there's two levels of kind of added value the, the first level is when you entitle the property let's say you entitle the property for 50 homes before you even put sticks on the ground that stroke of a pen of approval from the city brings the property value this much higher. And then you can either decide to build it yourself. In the past, I, I couldn't build it myself because I'm not a builder, right? That that yeah. whole that whole process is mind-numbing. And David, David does that. Um before I would just sell it to Lenar who would who would build it, right? Um uh and but now I have you know, we can decide whether to build it or sell it to a home builder. Uh, because my, I have a, I have a partner that is both a developer builder and a general contractor. They, he, they're all in house. Uh, so that that that's our new kind of platform. Where uh, and you know, all this requires capital. When we find an opportunity, we we need capital. So we're gonna, we're raising uh, funds to uh, do those two. Those, those two kind of lines of of, of of business and our 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 target areas are basically local dense infill areas that that that, that uh, are are very attractive to to home builders so. and and I can imagine if you go out to a community of of um wealthy Vietnamese um people who have you know spent years as lawyers and doctors and engineers who are um, at the point where they they can afford to 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 lose a few million bucks, how difficult is it to get people like that together uh, to believe in you? Because I, I, I still live with that thought that Vietnamese people don't trust each other. And yeah, um, it's true. Um, but for instance, um, 
Los Cab, you know, we we uh, purchased it for twenty seven million dollars. We we uh, I, we we tied it up and we basically raised the funds in two weeks because it's not necessarily because of us. It's because of the real estate. So when they see the real estate, it's, it's Fountain Valley, it's 12 acres of land. Where do you, where do you get that? So uh, because we 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 had rights to purchase the property is 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 you know is is a lot. The the real estate sells itself. So I I think that uh, you know raising capital for a project is is relatively easy if you have the right piece of property and the right opportunity. Uh, raising funds to acquire property in the future is a little harder. So you have to have a lot of track record, and you, you know, which which I think we're with with David and I, and he's he's built projects that you can touch and feel. Yeah, um, uh, I think I think we're at that level, and and, and with my track record, uh, I think we're at that level where we can raise funds even prior to the project because you have to be opportunistic because. When a deal comes, you have to kind of move fast. You can't raise funds every time because the the sellers don't wait for you, and yet you're 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 competing against other investors and and and, and people who who want to buy the same deal. So um, hopefully we can we can get there. But I I, I think we we have good momentum. Now there are there's got to be other organizations that are in your in your life. Um, VNARP is, is a new one, but are there other mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese organiz- professional organizations like uh, Vietnamese attorneys or, you know, things that you know about? Yeah, I used to be part of uh, VAPA, the, the Vietnamese Association, uh, uh, the Bar Association, Vietnamese Bar Association. That, that's a really strong group. Um, I don't practice law anymore, so uh, I, I haven't gone to those, those meetings, but those, they have judges and, and, uh, you know the, the 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 Vietnamese legal community has definitely progressed. You know, um, I you know, and there's there's my my sister in law is a, is a federal judge. You know, um, and and you know to get to that level uh, as as Vietnamese immigrants is 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 phenomenal, especially the in 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 the legal world, which which uh, which you know you know I I think that uh, you know you know. You have to be very good at, at articulation and 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 reading and writing and and it's, it's it's one of those things where like Asians aren't aren't supposed to be good at but you know I I think that that we made we made really good headway in 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 the legal community. You know when did you start to your path started to diverge and and go into real estate versus uh, law? What made you decide to to take the uh, the other path? Yeah, so when I when I got my license, um, I started in real estate transaction transactional law. So I represented kind of like I basically did contract review for commercial real estate. So that's how I got exposed to commercial real estate. Um, so I, I noticed that um, in a commercial real estate transactions, there's attorneys on both sides representing the buyer and the seller, right? Um, and um, the attorney's role. And then I noticed there was a broker in the middle of it. There's a broker on the buyer side and a broker on the seller side. So I noticed that we had really different types of roles, the lawyer and the broker, right? The 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 the, the role of the broker was the deal maker. They brought the parties together to strike a deal, you know, um, you know, this is the price, let's agree to it. We get it into a letter of intent, 
uh, and the attorneys take over and and negotiate a purchase contract, right? But the role of the attorney is 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 unusual because they get paid per hour. The brokers get paid on closing; okay. they get paid nothing if the deal falls apart. Yeah. So the the lawyer, I mean, I, I no offense to lawyers, I'm a lawyer myself, but uh, in 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 uh, in commercial transactions, the lawyer's role is to slow the deal down, is to <laughs> find define problems with the deal, right? To look at risks and things like that. Uh, you got to milk. You got to milk the deal. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I'm not saying all lawyers do that, but mm. I'm saying that's that's kind of like the way the system's built. Um, and the brokers want the deal to close. So I was looking at that I, I I want to be the deal maker. I don't want to be the deal breaker, right? So so uh, I've, I've kind of always been a deal maker, you know, even when I was like promoting nightclubs and things like that. Um, but um, um, I think that, um, yeah, so I, I wanted to bring people together and make deals instead of slow them down. So that's kind of how I got into it. I decided, okay, I'm going to be a broker, you know? So, uh, you know, as a lawyer, you can just, take the test. You don't have to do any courses and stuff like that. So I just, I transitioned over pretty quickly. But now when you're wearing a broker's hat, you're also thinking about the law and scrutinizing yeah. the deal, right? So does that slow you down more than a typical broker or does it actually enhance the the speed of which a deal is made because you understand the deal points? I think it actually it enhances because when, I, I can talk to the attorneys that are involved and I know what they're doing. And I, I know uh, if, if they're they're being too picky or, or not, you know, or just trying to like be difficult. Uh, but I, I also know when it's legit, when it's a legit risk and, and, and that, and that helps my clients because my clients know I have a legal hat on as well as a broker hat on. I can't really double dip, but they, they know I, I, I can look out for red flags on their behalf as a broker uh, so I'm I, on a. They they know that I want to make the deal happen because it's opportunistic because because I because I'm a broker, but I, I'm going to keep them out of danger as well. So I, it definitely helps clients who are, are larger and needs a certain level of the, the commercial real estate industry is is very legal. There's a lot of legal stuff that are involved because when you buy a shopping center, there's literally thirty leases. That you have to review and and you know there's environmental reports and and uh, reciprocal easement agreements and you know you know park, park sharing parking and access it's it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of legal work. How, how important nowadays, um, you know, with the advent of AI, is going to law school to eventually do what some something like what you do? Um, is it a necessity? Can People reach your heights without the formal education, on-the-job training, being working alongside somebody like you, picking up the you know just with the four-year degree, just kind of navigating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There, there's brokers. Um, there's brokers in my industry that. Oh, for sure. That that don't have edu basically or not. They don't have any advanced education. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's like things that you can get like certifications like CCIM or SIOR things like that. But um, that that's more for education, but I think it's a very talent-based business. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's a very talent-based business. And, so and talent what do you mean by that? Um, it means that you got to be good at what you do, but what kind of talents are you talking about? You have to be really good with numbers. 
Um, and you have to be really good with, uh, I, I, I compare it to be being like a stockbroker, but for real estate, you know, because commercial investments are basically, you have to look at cap rates. Okay. A, a, a cap rate is basically like a PE ratio for a stock, yeah. right. Or you, you know, you, you have to, you have to be able to, to add value to the, to a property. So uh, can I raise the rents? You know, what's prohibiting me from raising the rents? Can I, can I change the, the zoning? You know, that's, that's basically like a, a stockbroker who picks Tesla and say, Hey, how's Tesla going to grow? You know, uh, you know, if I have a good, if, if I know the trajectory of their growth and I understand it, I, I, I can make a good educated guess. So, a good stockbroker is talent based, right? That's why some of them, even young, some of them that are really young are like in Wall Street killing it, and some never make it. It's, it's, it's a very talent based business. Uh, so you you pick the right real estate, you know how to add value to it. It's like picking the right stock and and adding value to it. Unbelievable! It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really uh, fascinating to me, and and I'm so glad that. Um, there are people like you in the Vietnamese community that, cause then it gives me a, a reason to, you know, cause it's culture based. It's, it's, you yeah, know, yeah. It, 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 I don't normally talk to business guys as much as the, the creative side. And mm-hmm. I'm finding that this is a very creative endeavor. You, uh, the talent that you talk about with understanding the cap, uh, would you say cap market versus P and E, uh, cap rate, on, yeah. yeah, cap rate. These are all creative sort of, um, parts of your brain that you have to kind of synthesize with all this information. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's really fun actually. You yeah. Know? Um, because at the end of the day, you're creating environments, you know, because people go shopping and people visit these homes and live in them and things like that. At the end of the day is, is actually you're, you're creating environments that people use on in, in their daily lives. You know, you know, I I've always wanted to know, um, like a center like the Grove in LA, the Americana in Glendale, mm-hmm. um, the Citadel off the five on the way down to Orange County or up to LA, um, Irvine Spectrum, all of these sort of uh, Disneyland-esque parks mm-hmm. um, seem to have such a high uh, dollar amount related to the investing of, uh, of a place like that. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't most developers do that if they're so popular? Why... Uh, aren't more uh, of those sort of um, malls, open air malls created like Century City? Why why don't investors put more money into developing theme park like like malls the way the the examples that I described? Well, I mean, you you hit it right on the, the 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 nail there. It's the capital, you know, right? So first of all, you have to have massive land to do that and and when you have massive land um you either have to be like the Irvine company which owns the spectrum or you know you know in order to have massive land uh you know it's it's just it's super capital intensive um um i mean i would rather just build homes on it because the return on 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 a massive land like that uh is much higher with 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 building a thousand homes on there versus a shopping center. I mean, just, really? just, to, be, just to be, just to be frank. Uh, but I mean, what are we looking at? Like, is it like a much higher ratio or is it just a few percentage points off annually? No, it's much higher. It's much higher. But the, 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 the thing is you can't just 
build residential on certain pieces of land. Uh, you know, for instance, like a a a uh, cities cities need retail, right? Because of this this tax revenue, right? They don't really get much revenue oh. from homes, so they're not going to let you rezone everything to residential. But but nowadays with this, the housing shortage, uh, you know, the California has relaxed laws where you can rezone commercial to uh, to residential. But the, you know, when you do that, they're they're hurting themselves, they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, in the past, before this whole housing crisis, it was impossible to rezone commercial to residential. So you have to, you can only build. Uh, you can only do retail or on on on, on commercially zoned property. So, um, you know, converting a mall into an open air is 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 the best thing you could do. Um, you know, if you own a, a a retail property, but the cost of it is is pretty pretty large. You know, um, and you can only do it in certain areas, right? Um, you know, uh, for instance, they're redoing the Westminster Mall right now. Um, that's going to be uh, a, a group that I know pretty well is is uh, going to convert that to about twelve hundred units of homes, um, and uh, they're going to keep some retail, but most of it is going to become residential. So the Westminster Mall is going to be it's going to be a lot of it's going to be torn down pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, for for residential. And, and there's there's so many malls across the country. Uh, I was in Missouri um, in the summertime, and there was a mall. There is a huge mall. You know, I roll into it, and I take yeah. my kids, and we're like, I'm like, I told my buddy, I was like, he's from Missouri. I was mm. like, this is like dead. There's like it's fifty percent <laughs> occupancy. There's nobody here. And I turned to another lady who was um, in the little kids park inside the the mall, and I said, Hey, um, is this like typical uh traffic and she's like this is crowded and i swear to god man <laughs> like maybe 10 15 people in this huge mall yeah. with all these closed and it was the most depressing thing and i actually wanted to talk to you about that yeah, that yeah. trend um throughout the country is happening because of you know amazon taking over the retail space yeah. Yeah. what do people do what do societies do once big um big malls like that Close down. What what can we do to repurpose and and create new energy from it? I mean, that's that's kind of like the big question that every developer is is asking. But but from my point of view, it's it's going to turn into mixed use. You know, it's going to turn into you know the 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 residential portion. If it's in a good if it, if it's in a good area where home home prices are, are high and there's a high demand for housing like like this area for instance westminster mall is going to kill it with 1200 homes because those homes are going to sell um so but in in other areas where it's kind of like the, the 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 housing is not as strong it's harder it's harder to do but if, if you can if you can find a mall you know in denser areas the best the best way to do it is convert it into mixed use and convert some of it to entertainment Pickleball is becoming pretty pretty large. Like people are converting former like Macy's into pickleball arenas, right? Um, so entertainment, sports, um, um, a lot of a lot of like uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, experience centric 
um, um, uh, shopping centers where it's like before it was movies, uh, but you know the the movie industry is, is is suffering quite a bit with Netflix and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but now it's a lot of like kids parks and water slides, and uh, you know people still need to take their kids on on a daily yeah. basis yeah. somewhere. You know, um, so anything sports related, anything uh, uh, water parks or um, you know a pickleball or with a mixture of housing where you kind of like kind of like more like the urban where you can get out of your house and, and go walk over to 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 uh you know and a lot of it is going to be converted to to eateries right you know so food halls and 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 uh and uh, uh breweries and things like that if you if you go to diamond jamboree uh, my my client that owns that has done really well it's basically a hygienic food court that's what diamond jamboree is and mm. it's all the time all the time yeah and if you look at in little saigon you know the only things that really are attractive in little saigon are the restaurants yeah right so people go to little saigon to eat you know they may go for events for that and and photo to to buy you know to more like for experience but most of it is to eat like me and you are going to go to little saigon to eat yeah. And and speaking of football tall, which is such an iconic uh, place yeah, on the yeah. map, um, what would you do differently to the to that place? I mean, if, if we're just speaking out of sort of like uh, riffing uh, in terms of creativity, what would you do to that place? Honestly, I would yeah. I would I would model it. I mean, Frank Jow, I, I know Frank Jow, um, and he's he's done wonders with uh, with football tall to be the pioneer to create it. But in my opinion, I would. I would kind of mirror what Diamond Jamboree has done and bring some high level, uh, you know, just up the game on high level restaurants. And that, you know, if you know, so the 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 restaurants at Diamond Jamboree are are national restaurants um, that that are from different areas of the world, mm. um, and uh, they should have higher quality, you know. Um, so up up the restaurants because people go to eat. Yeah, you know, um, and um, you know, I th- I, th- I think I would model it after after Diamond Jamboree, you know, yeah. um, they the Diamond Jamboree has the highest rents in Irvine. This is 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 phenomenal what 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 she's done over there. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty uh, cool to see if if Frank does move in that direction. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, if, if you've seen like uh, on the the Brookhurst and Edinger Center where Broad Art is, yeah. Um, I forget the the key group, the key concept, mm-hmm. key concept. They they've upped their game yeah. on on restaurants. So um, if 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 you bring kind of those concepts into Fulata, um and make it really high end and modern, it has to have it has to be modern. Um, then then the young people will come because the 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 young people love to eat. You know they 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 love the experience and yeah. and. Uh, and they, they love hanging out with their friends and having having drinks. Uh, so a mixture of bars and restaurants and, and entertainment. Is, but is, you would is have to revamp of... the whole place because, you know, then you Super have expensive. these yeah. kiosks yeah. that are just selling toys randomly you yeah. know, the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. tricky. You know, that, that, yeah. it, there's a charm to it, an old world charm to it. But there's also yeah. sort of, you know, you can do it like Diamond Jubilee, but you can you can't have both. Yeah, you can't. You have to either one or the other. You yeah. can't have like the 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 little selling little stand up selling 
toys or yeah. and have like a super high end restaurant next Can't to it. Can't do it. Yep. And 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 I, I think that that's sort of like where I stand at the intersection of like the old school charm versus like the modern. Like, how do we up our brand as Vietnamese Americans? Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. Saigon is the capital of you know the population outside of Vietnam, so we don't have anything that anchors like. Uh, the um, Jubilee um, Plaza. We don't have that uh, other than Futokta, but there is a time and place and a time in, in the point of our history where it's got to go the other way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've, 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 I've actually brokered a lot of Little Saigon's properties. Like, um, and uh, I've, all, I've always encouraged the new uh, buyers to, to revamp those centers. Um, Hasn't happened yet, but uh, hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah. How often do you? Because they're back all very really dated. Yeah. Yeah, they're all very dated. How how yeah, often yeah. do you go back to Vietnam? I haven't been back in like eight years, and uh, I haven't gone much at all. But um, um, I, I from what I hear, there's there's Vietnam is like a whole new level than than it, than it used to be, mm-hmm. and. No, it's 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 very it's very it's very interesting. You know, I, I think I think Vietnam is benefiting from the whole COVID thing and the anti-Chinese uh, embargoes, and so a lot of it, a lot of business has gone to Vietnam, and they're they're flourishing. You know, um, so that, that's 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 as much as I know about it. Yeah. But but the legal contracts are probably the thing that inhibits you working there the most, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I haven't. Uh, 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 you know, people people somehow assume that when I sell these shopping centers in Little Saigon that I sell them to Vietnamese because they think that only people in Vietnam have that kind of money. It's not it's not true at all. I've never sold a a property a shopping center to a Vietnamese like from Vietnam. Yeah, they're all people don't realize that the Vietnamese here have a ton of money. <laughs> you know, and and um, you know. Uh, I'm sure the the people in Vietnam have a lot of money too, um, but basically all of my trades have 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 been local uh, buyers. Um, but um, I've uh, yeah, it's 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 um, yeah. I don't. I've 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 never. I I don't visit much, so I've, I've I'm probably the, the the not the person to ask about the the Vietnamese market. Although although um, there are investors. From what I I I, I know, looking um, in in the U.S. to 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 kind of safeguard their 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 capital, yeah. but, um, I I haven't uh, worked with them directly. So yeah, it's going to be a changing landscape, and um, yeah. I know it's a little bit taboo to even entertain these thoughts of like working with Vietnamese nationals that bring money over yeah. from from that from their side of the world. But yeah. I think eventually. Um, I, I hope that it uh, we all are able to you know benefit from each other's relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all Vietnamese, right? I think, yeah, I think. it's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, yeah. thank you so much for spending uh, time today with me. You know, wow. it's been a long time that you know, yeah. we connected in this way, and I, I appreciate you having a, a willingness to be very open and, and sharing all this information with me. Yeah, you know, your podcast is great. I mean, it's it's a really good thing that you're doing. Um, you know, with these conversations you're having just on the on the business and creative side is is uh, is it's really cool. It's really cool. And I think I I think it's is is helping the community quite a bit. 
Thank you. And, and you know, I, I, I know a lot of people that know you and I've known you since, again, since the college days and yeah. tracking your progress, I've always wondered, and I thank God that I have this platform that I can go to you directly and really spend this time and have the future uh, where there's more uh, opportunity to sit and talk on another podcast with you about, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we covered that I want to get more into details with sure. you. Awesome. Yeah. I, I would love to share it. You know, people, people need to know. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. Special thanks to Brittany Tran, to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.